Welcome to the Wisdom and Wealth Podcast, a series of conversations designed to equip our listeners with helpful insights necessary to simplify the critical decision points of life. We believe true wealth is the thing money cannot buy and death cannot take away. Furthermore, we also believe our calling is to enable others to fulfill their own. And to that end, we endeavor. Investment advisory services offered through CWM LLC and SEC Registered Investment Advisor. Welcome in again to the Wisdom and Wealth Podcast. Today's conversation, we're going to circle back to the tax consequences of my conversation with Jamie Hopkins uh, previously. And I'm inviting in as guest again, Scott Schlafman, a regular to the podcast. Uh, He is a senior tax accountant with Carson Group Tax and Accounting. He has a master's in professional accountancy from Metropolitan State University in Denver. And he is a CPA candidate, and we should be getting those letters, what's got in the next short while, correct? Yeah, hopefully soon. Hopefully soon. I've passed the test and, you know, just waiting on that final approval. So it's always exciting. Excellent. And so in my conversation with uh, Jamie Hopkins, Scott, we went far ranging. And then I remember when we were talking few weeks back and even we'll call it the green room, our, our pre, pre-podcast conversations, we had talked about uh, making sure that people understand the tax consequences of uh, just different transactions that may occur in the crypto space. And the other genesis of this is conversations that we hear in passing uh, on the golf course, uh, you know, just, just at, at a restaurant, you'll overhear something. And so hopefully today we can dispel some of the error and uh, increase a little bit of the wisdom. How about that? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, uh, you know, crypto, as I'm, as I know you discussed, it's just always evolving. It's, uh, it's very new. It's very evolving. So it can definitely be interesting. I mean, I think um, what makes it tricky with tax is that really when we think of like currency, when you hear the term currency, you think about just what happens when you do a traditional transaction in your life. Like, you know, my thing is like, you go to the, you go to the gas station, you buy a candy bar, you think with currency, well, I go buy a candy bar. The IRS doesn't really know or care that I spent that dollar on a candy bar. They aren't thinking about how much has the dollar changed since I got that dollar until now that I'm buying the candy bar with it. You don't have to think about a lot of those things, but with cryptocurrency, it's really, even though you hear currency, it's not treated the same way. It's very much treated more as an investment, similar to if you bought a bunch of stocks, if you bought a bunch of gold, it gets a very similar treatment. And so it's not as simple, at least from the tax perspective as, Oh, I'm just going to go buy a candy bar at the store. If you buy that candy bar from the store, you still have to think about that extra level of taxation. So it can be tricky. And yeah. And so with that in mind, we're going to do five uh, different vignettes that come, come to mind or different exchanges that come up. And the first one that, you know, we hear a lot about is what should you consider when using crypto to buy a house or buy a car? Uh, I've, I've seen this uh, talked about in the wall street journal. Uh, If you are out and about, you'll hear about it every once in a while, but from where you sit, what are people needing to keep in mind? 
so just from uh, just from the perspective of how that transaction is going to work, I always think of crypto transactions are really two different ways that they can happen. Number one, it may just be as simple as you have your crypto, you have, you know, whatever your virtual currency is, you can either take that, cash it out immediately, and then you can take that cash and apply it to whatever you're purchasing. And um, otherwise, the alternative is you just take that crypto, you take your virtual currency, and you transfer it directly in exchange for something. And um, really, no matter which way it happens, the IRS is going to treat it essentially the same way. They're going to treat it as if you had really done that two-step process and converted it to cash, which can be a little strange from the outset, but um, the IRS, they're concerned about um, a couple of different things. Um, like just to kind of, they're gonna, gonna be a couple of areas that we're gonna touch on. And I know recently you and I talked about um, real estate and in real estate, you're always concerned about basis. And with cryptocurrency, you it's another thing where you're concerned about basis. As I mentioned with cryptocurrency, you're thinking about it as really a capital asset. You're thinking about it as a stock. You're keeping it, thinking about it in the same same vein that you would buy in a home where it's an investment rather than just a straight currency. So you need to know how much your basis is. And then the other big part of this equation that's helpful is knowing the fair market value of the stock or of the crypto of the virtual currency whenever you're trading it. So that's the other big key piece is knowing how much you spend on it and how much it's worth when you're exchanging it. So again, whether that exchange is just happening directly or whether you're cashing out, that fair market value is going to be key. So going back to our initial question, when you think about it in terms of buying a car or buying a house, really buying anything with crypto, the IRS really, like I said, it's looking at it as essentially a two-step transaction where you, when you buy that, when you actually buy, buy whatever you're buying with your crypto, you need to recognize a capital, a capital gain at that point, which is your fair market value, less your basis. And then that fair market value, that amount, that essentially becomes the basis. So you trade however much cryptocurrency for a house, whatever, whenever that exchange happens, however much that cryptocurrency is worth on that day, that is how much your house is worth essentially. And the same thing applies to car, any sort of property. It occurs to me now that I need to ask how much hair is pulled out across CPA firms across the country when uh, clients come in and, and relate to them, hey, I, I made this transaction. <laughs> it sounds complicated. It probably isn't, but it sounds at the bare minimum different. Um, you know, w- what are the steps of documenting that uh, from your perspective so that it's all in order uh, for the IRS? Really, the best information in any sort of exchange like this again it's so similar to 
sometimes you may inherit a house and you don't know how much the house was worth when you actually inherited it, or you have stock and you um, how much the stock was worth when you inherited it. Really, in any sort of situation like this, if you can find a third party, a third party that can help verify what infer, whatever information there is, um, if there's any sort of ledger tracking how much, like if you're into Dogecoin or whatever currency you're in, if there's some sort of publicly available third party information, that always makes things easier. But, um, you know, also, uh, it's really just kind of trying to, even if you can make a good educated guess, that's going to be better than just nothing than having, you know, it's really going to be situationally dependent. So it's yeah. tricky, but, uh, that's when the professional will always get involved. Right. Absolutely. So the next transaction that uh, I think we, you know, should cover would be uh, you accept crypto as payment for consulting or for IT work, especially you'll find this occasionally where somebody accepts a form of crypto uh, as a form of payment, you know, for something that they did uh, in software consulting or something of that nature. Can you speak to how uh, folks you know, should handle that situation in the event they accept that, that transaction or that payment, how do they document it, especially? Um, you know, this is going to be a situation where I hope I never become too much of a broken record, but, um, number one, from a, the IRS's perspective, income is income. So really like if you trade your services for a printer, if you trade your services for crypto, if you trade your services for cash, no matter what the IRS is going to want you to report that as income. Um, so that's kind of the most important thing to remember here and a uh, broken record going back to the fair market value. Um, mm-hmm. That's, that's really the key is um, even if you have to look back, figure it out when you receive that crypto, when you receive the virtual currency um, at that point on that day, you need to know the fair market value to help treat it as revenue for yourself. And then, it becomes an investable asset for your sake. You can hold on to it. You can let it grow. You can kind of see how it goes. And then eventually when you sell it, whatever you recognized as income there, that becomes your basis for when you sell it. So when you eventually take the you know, capital gain, the capital loss, whatever you recognize as revenue there, whatever the fair market value was, that becomes your basis to help offset that gain. Got it. And so the, the next piece that I, I've overheard in passing <laughs> out and about is, you know, somebody sold Bitcoin and bought Dogecoin or bought, you know, a, a different form of, you know, took, transacted in, you know, exchange of cryptocurrency of some type or an NFT, and they're trying to treat it as a 1031 exchange. Uh, are you the bearer of good news, the bearer of bad news, or what, what, what is what is your take? I mean, unfortunately, purely from the 1031 exchange, it's a that's pretty much a straightforward no at this point. Um, like, just I always try to give a little context. A 1031 exchange, um, if you aren't sure what it is, 
it's also known more commonly as a like-kind exchange. And so if you have a business property or an investment property, you can replace it with a similar one. And depending on the circumstances, you may be able to defer some of the capital gains taxes you would usually have to pay on a, in a situation like that. Um, unfortunately, under the current tax law that exists in the U.S., you can only do that with real property, which is land and buildings. So real estate essentially um, is the limits to 1031 exchanges right now. And yep. uh, yeah, very straightforward right there. And to back up a bit, you know, if you sold from one currency and acquired another currency, it's a taxable event, different basis. It is. Everything, it is. everything changes. Yeah. And uh, even if you're acquiring another currency, the steps are going to be the same, same thing. You know, like I said, you're going to have your original basis and whatever your original currency was, you recognize the capital gain and then that fair market value, that's going to be the basis in your NFT, your new coin, whatever you end up getting into with it. And finally, the last vignette that I think we, we ought to go down and I'm, I'm glad you brought this one up, Scott is what if someone gave cryptocurrency to charity? How is that transaction any different than, say, a stock uh, gifted to charity or another currency gifted to charity? What should someone consider if if that happens or vice versa, you're the charity receiving this? Well, I mean, one thing we haven't really talked too much about yet is the idea of, of short-term versus long-term. And when, when we think about uh, stocks and other like capital assets, the short-term versus long-term can always be a big thing. Usually the Usually if you're holding things for less than a year, you're going to end up paying a higher tax rate than if you hold on to them for more than a year. Um, and that year, so that year is really the big cutoff. Um, in terms of actually giving it to charity, again, this is something where that year can make the difference. So if you have crypt, it's going to be just like a stock really, where if you have it on a short-term basis, and you're holding that crypto for less than a year, and then you decide to give it to a charitable organization, then you don't have to recognize the gain, but also you can only treat your basis as the charitable donation part of it, mm-hmm. which is fine. I mean, if you invest, you know, 2000 bucks or something into crypto, and uh, even if there's a slight gain, like I said, you don't have to recognize the gain, but you can only get that 2000 as a charitable donation. But if you hold on to it for more than a year, if that value just skyrockets, if you and you're holding on to it for more than a year, then you can actually take the fair market value as a charitable donation instead, which yeah. uh, could very much be to your benefit. So, and that's again, of course, assuming that you itemize and you know are within all the applicable limits. So. Excellent. Well, Scott, this has been so helpful. What else would you think that uh, clients should consider or, you know, just keep in mind as they, as they go forward, um, especially if they are towing the water with uh, small portions uh, with in their portfolio and having crypto? You know, I think from my perspective, it's always just kind of keeping in mind that um, even again, I think the idea of, well, it's a currency quote unquote, can be a little bit of a misnomer um, because regardless mm-hmm. of what it's called, it's still going to be subject to the short-term versus long-term capital gain rates. And so that's always something you want to keep in mind. 
And even lately, if you look at your 1040 tax return that you're filing every year, uh, the IRS has added a little line that says if you receive, sent, sold, exchanged an interest in virtual currency, and it has a yes or no question with it, even something as simple like that, um, there's a little bit of nuance in how the IRS asks the question, how they want, you know, what do they want their answer to be? So it can be tricky. Um, the IRS has a ton of great resources on their website. If you're concerned, otherwise, always talk to your tax professional, talk to your investment management people. We're always happy to help out however we can. I know, especially lots of companies now are talking about should we put crypto into IRAs and things like that. So it's really becoming more prevalent and it's always better to be safe. Yeah. Don't get me on my soapbox on that topic, uh, but uh, we'll, we'll hold that for another time. And <laughs> <laughs> uh, Scott, I, I very much appreciate these kind of, kinds of conversations. And to those of you out there, these are the types of conversations that we have on all topics, right? We want to make sure that we have a holistic approach to everything that we do. Um, regardless of, of the topic, whether it's crypto, whether it's estate planning, whether it's tax planning, whether it's investment planning, we, we try to get that whole picture. And so the more of these types of conversations that you have, you get frankly addicted to them. And, you know, you've got this kind of cohort of folks who are like, well, I wonder what Scott thinks. I wonder what Sarah thinks. I wonder what so-and-so thinks. Um, and you don't really feel like you're complete until you get their perspective um, in passing. And sometimes, you know, it's, hey, you know, you've got everything you know, lined out, everything's in order. And then sometimes, you know, you get uh, little nuggets along the way, but it's such a rewarding process. So thank you, Scott, for your time. It's always um, a pleasure. We appreciate you a bunch. We're going to keep it short today uh, because it, it should be short. It should be sweet and simple in, in this regard. If it's complex, we may be doing something wrong. <laughs> but uh, thank you again, everyone, for listening in. And we look forward to uh, you joining us again in the near future. Have a great day. Well, that's all for today. Thank you again for joining us. We trust that you are better equipped to steward both your wealth and your financial resources. If you have questions or suggestions for a future topic, please direct those to infohouston at carsonwealth.com. May you and your family encounter truth, beauty, and goodness on the road ahead. The opinions voiced in Wisdom and Wealth with Josh Clues are for general information purposes only and are not intended to provide specific advice or recommendations for any individual. Past performance is no guarantee of future results. Investing involves risk, including possible loss of principal. No strategy assures success or protects against loss. To determine what may be appropriate for you, please consult your attorney, accountant, financial, or tax advisor prior to investing. Carson Group Advanced Solutions Tax and Accounting is a separate entity from CWM LLC and is not registered to provide investment advisory services. Guests of Wisdom and Wealth are not affiliated with CWM LLC and opinions expressed may not be representative of CWM LLC. Investment advisory services offered through CWM LLC and SEC Registered Investment Advisor. Our address locally is 1780 Hughes Landing Boulevard. Suite 570, The Woodlands, Texas 77380.